millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No wonder students come to a college education expecting nothing more than a set of paper qualifications that will enable them to earn a decent salary. The idea that they might be there to grow as human beings, to be inducted into an ancient culture, to become somehow more than they already are, is alien to them. They expect instant answers, but they have no deep questions. The great questions have not yet been woken in them. The process of education requires us to become open, receptive, curious, and humble in the face of what we do not know. The world is a fabric woven of mysteries, and a mystery is a provocation to our humanity that cannot be dissolved by googling a few bits more of information. Hello and welcome to yet another Ask Andrew podcast in which I am considering the question, how do I get a classical education as an adult? Well, there you have a good question. And we've done three sessions on this so far in which I've suggested, one, that you need to reorient yourself, two, that you need to set goals in the three columns, and three, that you need to pursue those goals, at least from a big picture perspective. Well, this time I want to talk about a fourth activity you need to engage in, and that is you do need to learn about classical education. You could say that what I'm saying is you need to get some theory about classical education, but some people might find that annoying or intimidating. Please understand that by theory... All I mean is you need to understand something about what a classical education is. Otherwise, how will you know if you're seeking one or not? How will you know if you're not just making something up? So what I want to talk about in this session is basically two things. What is it? Or let me rephrase that. How do I learn what it is? And then how do I learn how to do it? And when it comes to the first question, how do I learn what it is? You need to understand that we're talking about something that has been practiced in varying degrees and in varying ways for 2,500, 3,000 years. I would argue that it's been practiced from the beginning of human history and that it's a name given to something deeply, deeply human. And therefore, there are plenty of schools of thought. There are multiple ways of thinking about it. And it's worth thinking about those schools of thought. In fact, I wrote a book called Classical Education. Um, re, re, um, re, uh, what is the subtitle? The Movement Sweeping America? No. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway, I wrote a book 
called Classical Education, along with Dr. Gene Edward Veith, and then with the help of Dr. Brian Phillips here. And in it, we develop six chapters about different approaches to classical education. And then finally, I had to, I realized I, I need to say something about what makes these things classical. So I identified uh, four principles. Now, I'm not going to say what they are right now, because that's not the point of this talk, but you can look in that book to see what the four elements of Christian classical education are if you want. So think about the different schools of thought. Be aware of different definitions. Be conscious of the inner spiritual life of, of education, of classical education. But most importantly in this session, I don't mean ultimately most importantly, but what I'm going to focus on in this session is well, how do I learn about it? And basically... If I want to learn about Christian classical education, even classical education, I have two basic options, secondary sources and original sources. Um, There always have been uh, schools of thought, so let me say about them that you should become conscious of them and then engage them dialectically, by which I mean compare them with each other, see what they have in common, see what's different. But crucially, and this is a prologue point if you like, Be content with imperfect knowledge. And here's why. That's the only kind of knowledge of classical education you're ever going to have. We're never going to fully understand the depth of education. And we just have to keep moving toward it. And, And that's why this third point, first, engage dialectically. Second, be content with imperfect knowledge. The third point is really crucial. Follow your nose when you are seeking truth, goodness, and beauty. Follow your nose as you seek wisdom and virtue. If you are seeking wisdom and virtue, if you are hungering for truth, goodness, and beauty, your nose will guide you. And I mean by that, your intuitions, your senses. Be careful not to stubbornly stick to things that you already believe and and value, but at the same time, don't just toss them aside. Be open to being taught. But having said those prologue points, engage engage the different views dialectically, but be content with imperfect knowledge and follow your nose, let's get practical. Let's discuss the need to follow, uh, to, to use secondary sources. If you're going to learn about classical education, it's a lot easier to learn to use secondary sources than it is to go to primary sources first. And let me just say that this has been the purpose and function of the Searcy Institute since we formed in the 90s, is to research primary sources, also to research secondary sources, and to develop materials um, that you can use to learn about classical education. So I mentioned the book earlier. We have a website. I hope that you make good use of our website. We have podcasts some of them specifically about classical education, especially, you know, we have podcasts because you're listening to one right now. Maybe especially this one is about specifically about classical education. But we have articles, um, sometimes in our own journal, our own magazine, Forma. Um, Society for Classical Learning has published our materials. Um, you, you can see our articles in, in our materials and elsewhere. On our blog, we have conferences. Come to our conferences, regional and national conference. I didn't mean this to become a, a self-promotion for Circe, but I, I want you to know that that's what Circe is here to do, is to provide resources for people who want to know what classical education is. If you want to plunge in deeply, the, the apprenticeship and the atrium are very valuable. Um, I mentioned the magazine and the blog. There's other organizations that we like to work with, and 
And they're also very serious about classical education. I'm thinking of uh, ICLE, the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education. I'm thinking of Memoria Press. My friend Martin Cothran is, uh, is one of the main authors over there, and Paul Schaefer and a number of others that I like to work with. I'm thinking of Classical Academic Press and Dr. Christopher Perrin and his wife Christine Perrin, who produce wonderful materials. They have something called Classical U, and I've even been known to, to pop up on some of those videos. Um, Look for those organizations, get to know them, and and see what various people have to say. Because the thing about it is there there isn't some box that you can pick up and say, this is classical education. David Hicks says classical education is primarily a spirit of inquiry. Well, that means that you need to inquire and then try to get answers to your questions. And that leads me to books. Over at Classical Academic Press, they have an introduction to classical education. They have a book called The Liberal Arts Tradition by Ravi Jain and Kevin Clark, which I love the book. Um, Russell Kirk, interestingly, Russell Kirk wrote a book. I believe it's now published under the title Prospects for Conservatives. And in it are two wonderful articles on education. One is called The Question of Mind or the Questions of the Mind. And the other is called Questions of the Heart. Cannot recommend those essays highly enough. They may be available online. I'm not sure. Um, but look for that book. I think it's called Prospects for Conservatives. But the book of books, in my view, in the modern world, the best book written on classical education in the last hundred years, perhaps, is Norms and Nobility by David Hicks, a fabulous, deep, provocative, thoughtful book that you need to read slowly. We have classes on David Hicks, on Norms and Nobility, on our atrium. He even has come and and, uh, done some of the sessions. Peter Vanderbrick leads that. I don't know if you can still join this year Um, because I don't know exactly when this will be podcasted or broadcasted. Um, But if you can get into the atrium and read David Hicks' book, Norms and Nobility with Peter Vanderbrake, I can't recommend it enough. Get that book. Also, read things by the Inklings, by whom I mean C.S. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien, Dorothy Sayers, Charles Williams, and others. And honestly, honestly, I believe that what I recommend you start with, if you're brand new to classical education and you've never done a split second thought about it. The book that I would recommend to you, you ready for this, is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. After that, I would recommend The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I think the Chronicles of Narnia are a fabulous, fabulous introduction to Christian classical education, and it's put in story form. Um, Anything by Dorothy Sayers, anything by Tolkien, anything by C.S. Lewis is going to be related to the Christian classical renewal. And I, I don't hesitate to acknowledge that I think that the the work of Sayers, Lewis, and Tolkien, and the Inklings, and others is absolute, maybe, maybe the, the, the true cultural or uh, environmental or ecological foundation for this whole classical renewal. Anything they wrote. Now, if you want to read secondary sources on a, a, with a scholarly uh, angle on the history of classical education and the ideas behind it. There are a few that I recommend, but I don't want to wear you out here. You've you've got plenty already to work with. And so I need to say again, please, please, please take your time. Take your time. I'm going to say this toward the end again, I hope, but it doesn't matter how much you know. What matters is are you getting better as a thinker and as a communicator? You can't hurry yourself to better thinking and better communicating. Um, 
But having said that, if you're looking for some scholarly books on classical education, um, and, and there's scales of this, of course, but some of the interesting works out there, H.I. Maru, A History of Education in Antiquity. Wonderful. Maru is M-A-R-R-O-U, A History of Education in Antiquity. Werner Jaeger, to go from France to Germany, J-A-E-G-E-R. He actually came over to the States during just before World War II, but he wrote a, a series of books called Paideia, P-A-I-D-E-I-A, and it's, a, it's an analysis of primarily of Plato's writings, but it's an analysis of Greek education. And it's, it's invaluable to understand the Greek um, approach to education and the conflicts that they had. Um, one of my favorites, so, so Maru is education in antiquity, Greek and Roman, let's say, primarily. Jaeger is primarily Greeks. One of my favorite books on the Middle Ages is by David Wagner, edited by David Wagner, W-A-G-N-E-R, published by Indiana Press, and I think it was somewhere around 1980, 81, and it's called The Seven Liberal Arts in the Middle Ages, I think is the title. Um, a chapter on each of the seven arts, but but each chapter is preceded by a brief description of, of the, the ancient roots of the, the, the art under consideration, and it's all preceded by a chapter on how they came to be by David Wagner, and at the end is Ralph McInerney, a, a great uh, Catholic scholastic uh, thinker, philosopher, writing about the place of the seven liberal arts. Um, if you're looking for, oh, and a, a book that, that's a, a wonderful narrative description of the recovery of Aristotelian thought in the Middle Ages is Aristotle's Children. Kind of, I would call this more popular than scholarly, but it's incredibly well-written and interesting. Aristotle's Children, please forgive me, I can't remember the name, but it was published sometime in the last 10 years or so. I can't remember the name of the author. Now, I mentioned Norms and Nobility, but I want to mention another book, two books, in fact, by another author, that if I, if I was going to say, here are the three books you need to read, it would be Norms and Nobility by David Hicks, and then Stratford Caldecott's uh, Beauty in the Word and Beauty for Truth's Sake. Beauty for Truth's Sake is on the quadrivium. Beauty in the Word is on the trivium. If you don't understand what I'm talking about with the trivium and the quadrivium, don't worry about it. Um, if you want a very, very first book to read on classical education, as I said, I recommend the Chronicles of Narnia, specifically The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and then and then um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, and maybe The Silver Chair is up there. But if you want a specific book that's about classical education, I like to think my book is good. Um, I've been told it's useful. Um, but a very, very... Uh, simple and direct introduction to classical education might well be the introduction to classical education um, by, by, cl published by Classical Academic Press. And as soon as you've got past that, read Norms and Nobility and take your time on that. Try to read maybe half of it a year. Um, take notes. Read it like a devotional almost. And, and, and maybe before you read Norms and Nobility, read Stratford Caldecott. But... Um, those are the those are the crucial books in my mind and what's available today. So those are some secondary sources. If you're looking for primary sources, some some ancient books that are about classical that kind of introduce you. Let me just emphasize that unless you're a, a college educated, um, I'll say humanities major, maybe a philosophy major, or just uh, widely read already, here are some books that that can 
really provoke you and 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 give you a, a jump start. But whether these come first, boy, you, if you have the confidence, go for it. Plato, five books by Plato, three small ones and two big ones. The Gorgias, G-O-R-G-I-A-S, Mino, M-E-N-O, and Phaedrus, P-H-A-E-D-R-U-S. Basically, these are about uh, rhetoric, dialectic, to some extent, grammar. And then his Republic, which is uh, typically read as a political book. I believe it's an education treatise. The Republic, uh, he didn't call it the Republic. I think it was some Roman guy did. But anyway, the, the Republic and then... And then once you finish that, I'm, I'm, I have not yet read, but I'm told that the laws is a really great um, simplification and even challenge to everything else Plato wrote. Start perhaps with the Meno and then go to the Gorgias and then the Phaedrus. Those take a couple hours each to read and a couple years to understand. If you want to read Aristotle, first my advice is get Martin Cawthron's book on logic, which you need to study anyway, and then... Huh. Yes, go ahead. Get Aristotle's Organon and suffer your way through that. But don't try to do that without a teacher. But his Ethics is a wonderful book. Now, St. Augustine's Confessions and St. Augustine's On Christian Doctrine are two of the most important books on medieval for medieval Christianity. And therefore, I recommend them. Along with Hugh of St. Victor, Didascalion, don't worry about the title spelling. Just look up Hugh of St. Victor and then John of Salisbury, um, Metalogicon. So the Middle Ages, they like these difficult titles. Those are good books to read. And I also am very fond of a talk by St. Basil the Great called something about lecturing his students on, on reading the classics. So read primary sources now. Way too many secondary sources, way too many primary sources. I just gave you five years' worth of materials. Don't feel overwhelmed. How can I say this? The journey is the pleasure. You're never going to end this quest. So if you feel like you have to read everything, it's just going to turn your stomach. But if you can read one book at a time, maybe you're the kind of person who reads three or four books or something. I don't know. Do that then, but but don't try to read all of this. Try to absorb these ideas. And, and one of the things that can help you do this a lot is while you're reading the different books, ask specific, ask your own questions, but then ask, how are these similar and how are they different? But especially ask, how is this like what I experienced in school? And how is it different? Compare classical education with progressive education and compare classical education with conventional education and ask and, and ask really obvious questions like where do they do it in a classroom how do they assess it those are questions that are extremely valuable pretty soon you'll be doing your own podcasts and i can go into retirement if you do that so read secondary sources read primary sources compare documents with each other and then compare classical with progressive and, and conventional education. But above all, remember this, it's about becoming human. It's about refining the divine image. And that means don't just read off by yourself under the heavy weight of the books. 
discuss them. Find people to discuss them with. Maybe half an hour a week, maybe online, maybe maybe in the Circe Apprenticeship or in an atrium, but find people to discuss these books with. Also look to Plato's dialogues, not just for content, but for models of how to have a discussion. Um, and finally, as you do this, orient yourself toward wisdom and virtue, toward the true, the good, and the beautiful in your reading and in your discussion, not toward gathering content, and please not toward trying to look intelligent, trying to look smarter than the next guy. Maybe do that sometimes for fun, but you know, have competitive times. But basically, cultivate wisdom and virtue. Dwell on the true, the good, and the beautiful. And while you do that, focus on your ability to pay attention and protect that. Cultivate your faculty of attention. Cultivate your memory. Cultivate your ability to imitate what you see in great writers and thinkers and imitate what you see them doing and reason carefully in the pursuit of harmony, in the pursuit of integrity, working out contradictions and discords in your own mind. And as you do that, you will be growing in wisdom and in virtue and you will be moving toward, well, to borrow the name of a movie, you'll be moving toward cultivating a beautiful mind of your own. So to simplify, read the Chronicles of Narnia, read David Hicks, read Stratford Caldecott, and discuss every chance you get with anybody who's going to be a willing victim of your discussions and practice imitating the great minds. And as you do so, may the Lord remember you in his kingdom. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.